Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Mondo Neon Podcast. I'm with Lisa Schulte from Knights of Neon. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. This, uh, you know, Los Angeles Neon, it's, it's definitely got its own space, its own right. Um, you've been doing this for a very long time, you know, 30 plus years. Uh, you know, really a creative hub that you've built and this incredible showroom for people that don't know kind of what you're all about. Yeah, I started um, going way back in 1984 and I was on the design and um, designing some events in and about Hollywood. And one of them was uh, I designed for when the when the Olympics were in town. So it was a very large event for, I don't know, three, four thousand people. And I decided to create a very futuristic city and sort of a Blade Runner kind of atmosphere. And it was to be, you know, held in a sort of very appropriate style. It's called the, the Design Center building in West Hollywood. So at the time, that building was pretty futuristic. So you know, just sort of design this whole event around, you know, an, an alternative world, such as uh, Blade Runner, because it was one of my favorite movies when I was when I was getting into this. And, you know, I kind of ventured out to try to find companies that could could make it happen for me. And I was really just running into a lot of roadblocks with a lot of uh, sign companies because they're basically making signs. And I wasn't really making any signs. I was just doing very abstractual stuff, you know, big towers with neon shooting out of it. I was wanting to do battery operated centerpieces and I needed a hundred of them for flowers on every table. And, you know, I think the requests that I were asking of the sign makers at the time, and they were, you know, older, older gentlemen, um, they were just like, you're crazy. You know, you're never going to get this permitted. It's never going to pass. I was like, look, it's an event. It's one night. <laughs> and, you know, we, I, we made it through it, but it was a, it was an extreme learning curve for me to just sort of, you know, have to go into a very large project and, and didn't really realize I would have, have to take so much responsibility on and handholding the companies that I dealt with through the process of what I needed it for. So I think after that event, it just really opened up my eyes to like, wow, I just can't believe this is not happening in Hollywood where there's a company that I can go to that could manufacture this, could get on board with my ideas that could even make them better. Um, so, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe it's just that I didn't know the language. I didn't know enough about it. So, you know, I decided to venture out and, kind of find somebody that would teach it to me. And at the time, we didn't really have any kind of neon schools, per se, like we do today, um, where I could, you know, go and study. So through the grapevine, um, I think it was through Michael Fleckner, he had a friend, Freddie Elliott, back in Kansas, um, he recommended him. So I went back and hung out, I don't know, a couple of weeks with him, and, you know, just started to try to understand what this is really all about and what can you actually do with it because I wasn't wanting to make signage at the time I wanted I think it was more artful and um, artistic kind of sculptures so um, went and hung out with Freddie and um, wonderful wonderful neon bender wonderful artist and um, 
came back and just started a little studio, you know, just a little tiny little space. And I think my first studio was like 400 square feet. And I I used Michael Fleckner um, at the beginning of it because he had a studio right next door to me. Um, he was working for a gentleman named Jimmy. So, you know, they created a lot of my stuff and it was really nice. I was working with Michael, who was young and exciting and he kind of got where I was going with this stuff and he was totally on board and offered up his vending services um, along with his boss's, uh, Jimmy's services at the time. And, you know, Nights with Neil was just kind of born out of, a, out of a, a, a need for it, I felt, in the city and a desire. And, you know, once I got involved in it, I just really was like, wow, this is, this is, this is magical, <laughs> you know? Bending yeah. light. This is this is awesome. So, you can know, you address too? Like, light. maybe think about like, was it always? Had you predicted you wanted to kind of create a space and go off of that, or were you trading on the mindset of like, let me just get out this first kind of piece of neon? And you know, was it easy for you to predict where you're going to go next? Because it takes a lot of enormous amount of energy and time and mindset to be able to go and just say, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out there and make this thing yeah. happen and you know don't be confused i mean it did sound like you had a really great team kind of working with you at the same time um had you kind of envisioned yeah that? i mean i think it was you know after that big event um you know i was left with sort of a lot of abstractual pieces because the event production company i was working for really didn't want it and it was just for a night so i sort of got given all of it back to me and so I had a small, you know, accumulation of various shapes and straight runs and battery packs. And so I sort of had a little bit there. And the company that I had done the event with continued to use me um, when I went off on my own for, you know, I was dropping neon into floral arrangements and, you know, on buffets, and I was creating neon buffet tables for the food. So, you know, I really got my start in the event industry world. And at that time, it was sort of groundbreaking. And anybody that can come up with cooler stuff, you know, because we were doing big Hollywood parties here and for very big movie stars with very deep pockets. And if you made a suggestion they didn't ask how much they were like can you do that by saturday so <laughs> yeah i mean the bottom know, line is it's like the bottom line is it's like it's that simple like i'm i'm trying to get through to everybody that that's listening is like every day you've got these moments of value and you can feed off of that energy and find you know that you can instill confidence in others just because you have the courage to go out and make it it sounds like and that's such an incredible opportunity to be able to give back in a way, you know, it's like when you know that you can create this thing and then, okay, it's like, okay, crap, I got to go back and actually make it. But nothing's like having that, that's, you know, that kind of that driving moment that, you know, kind of feeds that energy. And I think that's the difference between kind of, I guess, the negative voices in your head and really going out there and gravitating towards it. Cause it's not easy to kind of make all this happen. But I mean, I think you put yourself in a good place, especially in LA, there's got like, there's gotta be a, you know, great places and people that you can meet all around. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was a lot of things in my favor. I think um, I was young. I had a lot of passion. Um, I was having so much fun with it. Uh, I was excited by it. You know, excitement is contagious. And the people I, w I was involved with, which was the top caterers and the event companies at the time, 
they were always looking for brand new sources to make their event even better than the last one or better than another company. So, you know, I think we all got very lucky to latch on to one particular catering company who catered to all the stars in Hollywood. And it was just like a big artist studio kind of like whatever we could think of, you know, we, we just, we just went for it. And, and I think when everybody is sort of running on that energy and there's not really anybody watching over us and left to our own devices, I think we we created some incredible things. And, you know, one thing led to another and it's sort of, you know, how it works in Hollywood. And, you know, I didn't advertise. I mean, you can't really advertise what I do. Um you know, it's one job, It's you get one job from another job, you know, it's it's sort of that old-fashioned thing, you know, you do a really great mm-hmm. job on one, and then there's at least two or three people that really dug what you did, and they, they're, they're reaching out to find out who you were, and then, you know, from the party industry, then it started into the music industry, doing music videos, and, um, and again, just having, you know, nothing really seemed to scare me, even though I was frightened by things that would sort of come in my door on a very short notice. But I think, I think, I don't know how, you know, honestly, I look back at some of the things I did in periods of two or three or four days of, you know, like that, you know, Lenny Kravitz, American flag, you know, hundred foot out in the middle of the desert. I mean, I have no idea how we sort of pulled all this stuff off, but I just, I, we all didn't doubt it. You know, we'd stay up all night long for three nights if we needed to. We just, we just, we got, we we're making good money and having fun and, you know, being around Lenny Kravitz and, you know what I mean? We just all sunk into was, this what, world. I have, and to, I have to ask, that. was it like, did you get a chance to meet Lenny or like any of the celebrities and like, oh yeah, me on yeah, at all? I mean, yeah, when you do these big sets, it's really fun because, you know, the artists, you know, I'm an artist, they're an artist and they're so appreciative of you know the work you do and so are the art department people you work with and so is the director and so the director is always like you know dragging me over to Gwen Stefani and like hey this is Lisa Schulte she did this whole set for you and then you know Gwen's just like a normal person she's like oh my god I love you know I love it I love you know so it's you know when you're working with artists and everybody's creating awesome stuff um, there's just uh, an appreciation I mean even though I was a little nervous you know like oh my god I'm meeting all these people but they also respected what I did and I highly respected what they did and they were usually the ones putting the bill I mean it's the record label company but in essence it's it's the artist (laughs) it's coming out of their money so um yeah no I mean I I was I don't know I'm trying to think who I was most intimidated by I think I, I think I was most intimidated by working with Steven Spielberg to be honest with you yeah, what an icon too. I mean, was he able to kind of share what he had about Neon, or was it just kind of like a mutual respect? Like, oh, I don't want to talk to him too much about stuff. You know, he's probably busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's very involved in the process making. Um, but you know, I think at that time for me, it was like, wow, I am standing on a Steven Spielberg set. I don't know if it gets any bigger than this. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I had that moment because everybody that was involved from the cinematographer to the production designer, to the set decorators, to the, you know, the gaffers, the electricians, I mean, everybody is at the top of the game. If you're, if you're, if you're working on one of his 
films. Let's put it that way. And so I think, you know, I had that moment of, oh, my God, like, okay, I must have worked my way up here, obviously, and then enough movie work or set work that I was the company to call for this very large project that I was working on. And so I was intimidated at first. I was really quiet as, you know, we started out. But then, you know, I'd say halfway through it when we were almost done with what we all decided on being this world we are creating. You know, he turns to me in a meeting with like 20 other people and he's asking me, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I think it's pretty awesome, but I don't think it's enough neon. <laughs> and he said, well, what do, you, what do you need? And I said, well, we need a lot more money. And he just looked at the producer and he said, well, get this woman what she needs. We're trying to create another. And it was it was a whole sound stage we were, you know, we were working in. And, um, you know, I was hesitant, but he asked my opinion. And honestly, it was pretty brilliant what had been done, but it wasn't there yet. I knew it. And, you know, at the beginning, there was a lot of great drawings. But as it started off, they started to taper off the budget that they originally wanted to spend on the project. And it showed, you know, halfway through the walkthrough, it was like the set really not ready yet. And, and I think that's the money like, we needed. And, away from that, not to interrupt you, but just like what I'm hearing is that there's you know, ask for what you think you're ultimately, you know, worth getting in terms of like, this is my idea in the project. But really considering like predicting what's going to happen is that they're going to like it, but they're going to like it even more if I do this. And just really leaning into that, that, that stroke of confidence. Like I said, like it's a sharpening of the knives to make it better. And I think it's just smart to be able to choose not only just the work that you want to do, but to find somebody who's also interested in doing neon because everyone knows the feeling of trying, oh, not everyone, but people who have made neon knows what it's like to do something for a client. And then them kind of like just, kind of slowly drag you through it <laughs> you know you want to get through it but yeah. at the same time they don't really believe in it and you're sort of just there because they have to be that's always a right right <laughs> yeah you know yeah like I said again I've been I've been just so fortunate that I have been able to work around creative gene geniuses so you know it makes it a lot easier for me to describe what I want to do to somebody who's already got a creative mind and can envision it as I'm talking them through it, you know? So I do feel I was fortunate and I learned so much from all that, all those creative people that I've worked with. And, um, you know, just watching the Academy Awards the other day, what, a month ago, my dear friend who I worked on so many films with won an Academy Award, you know? It was just like, oh my God, you finally got one. You were so brilliant in all the films I worked with you on and not for acting for production design, which is set design, basically, uh, creating the whole look of the film. And um, she was always very dedicated to always hiring me and my company to do whatever films she worked on. And um, so, you know, I, I, I just feel like I, you know, kind of was raised here in Hollywood with all, you know, cities have a lot of creative people around. Yeah. You know, and whether you're, you're in a position to, to win too, like advertisers in the public, they don't always completely embrace neon, but I think artists have kind of been caught up in this effect. It can kind of struggle to make neon as an artist. Uh, and you know, it is difficult to make it in that sense, but any advice you can give listeners who might find themselves at this intersection, like how do I get started? I think what I heard was, you know, you just started with one and you just keep going, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, advice. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I'm only as good as the people that I have working with me. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's always a key in any business, to be honest with you. So, you know, the selection of the energy you have around is sort of has to be on the same level as mine. And it can't be just somebody looking to get paid to do a job. Like they have to be super excited about the project too, because if all of us aren't excited about it, it you feel it in the final end of the project. It, it's flat. So um, it's sort of like, you know, painting a painting and you're not really into it. You know, the painting just doesn't come to life for you. So, you know, I think getting the right people was certainly, um, you know, uh, very, very helpful. And again, I don't know where I got that knowledge to know that. Um, I just sort of could tell. And still to this day, I have, you know, I I always feel like I get the best of the best people that really want to learn neon and really want to have passion around it. Because I, I do think they know that if they don't have that while they're working for me, they're not going to last long mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, my my standards are, you know, super high because I've been doing it for so long. And, you know, I think they were always high. And I mean, I'd eat jobs if I didn't think they were good enough. And nobody else in my studio could see what was wrong with it. And I'd be like, it's not right. We're going to start all over again. You know, I think that's just a true artist that it's, it's really not about the money sometimes as much as achieving the best you can do and you know I think having that practice and and discipline um you know I mean I've been doing it 40 years I mean I still go to my studio five days a week I'm 64 I probably don't have to do that at this point anymore you know what I mean I've got 10 full-time people working there but because I wake up in the morning and I still love what I do um you know, that's what gets me up and gets me there. And I'm excited by every project that still comes in the door. Um, And I've got a couple of big ones, you know, coming up that um, I'm very excited about. Um, You know, the projects just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, you've mapped uh, your actions to your actual ambitions. Like if you want to do the best you can do, it's important to kind of, you know, accomplish those things and go about those dream scenarios. Like I think about, not only just like what I've seen online about your work, but obviously it's very like image focused and advertising from, but there's a lot of artistic elements too. Like when I look at uh, Kobe's passing, obviously very impactful, you know, I, you know, posted an image of his work. You know, you had wow. done a ad with Nike and his image and everything and his likeness is all in there. And it's, it's really kind of struck me as like a moment in neon where I was like, wow, you know, working with such interesting people, and then having the consciousness to go out there and just do, like you said early on, is to break yourself down, do some buffets, do all that stuff. You know, had yeah. you kind of realized in that moment what was going on internally? Was it just like basketball to you and what was happening? I mean, because now obviously he's really left such a huge legacy behind. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, what an honor to work for him. Um, and and a gentle giant, um, by the way, um, super kind, uh, you know, well, I, I'm getting chills thinking about it, you know, to the fact that he's not even here anymore. But just to be in his presence uh, was was um, such an honor. Again, I mean, you know, sometimes I have to pinch myself when I'm 
sitting there and I've just put all this beautiful three-dimensional neon for him to get a photo shoot. <laughs> and I'm like staring at him in the neon. I'm like, wow. You know, like, wow. What a lucky girl. I am, you know? language too, like it's worth going back and looking at it because it was a time and a place like when you almost like neon has a great way of dating itself in a good way. Like it has, like I always talk yeah. about it. It's like the genealogy. You can go back and look at these different eras of neon, but it still looks fresh. You know, there's this incredible impact. I think and it has a lot to do with that. You told me like that abstract artistic approach you took. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems it's interesting. I'm doing so many things now that I did in the eighties. I mean, it's almost, it's, I, I laugh sometimes, you know, because everybody else is like, Oh my God, this is so fresh. <laughs> I was like, well, not really. It's, it's the 80s coming back basically you know with all these pop colors and all these geometrical shapes and very whimsical kind of stuff I mean I I mean for me I was I was doing that when I first started so it's like come full circle again only now that I'm back with that there's so many more layers to the work obviously than when I was first starting I mean when I look back at the early work that I did it it was still really good. I mean, but it was, um, it was empty. It was empty. You know, there, there wasn't a fullness to it that I think the work that I do now has a fullness to it and a completion to it. So, um, it, it, it's fun to watch my own, you know, evolving through the years that I've been doing it from what I started and what I'm doing today. I mean, it's still all the same, but it's just, it's just the work has just gotten a lot deeper, you know, is the only way I can describe it. What, uh, what does the future hold for Knights of Neon right now? Are you looking at it and you know, new projects coming out that you want to hit on at all that our listeners know? Well, I have like three very large projects that I honestly, um, I can't really at liberty to discuss right now super excited about all of them um i guess we can kind of like where you want the studio to be i guess like in kind of in general like do you want to keep doing the the big projects are you going more for like just you know keeping things going yeah no i want to i want to do the bigger projects i feel at my age and everything i know and what i've learned you know um through all these years that that i i a deserve to get those jobs and and really truly believe I'm one of the best to do it. Um, there's a few of us out there that can do it. Um, but a handful only to be honest. What's your, like, your heart like, is there any industry that you think really represents itself well, that's really backing neon right now that other artists should really look at and like, you know, if they're out there like in different States that, you know, like I know the event neon has been huge for you and obviously movie and, no music yeah well the event the event world is definitely something to look into i mean i don't do any more of that you know it was sort of this progression for me i started in the event world and then i went from the event world to the music video world um then from the music video world i went into television and then after television i got accepted into the film world so there is steps you have to take you know, you have to do the small steps to t- to be able to get to the big ones. So, you know, um, you know, there's, you know, so many stores now are closing, but there's many 
ones that are opening and getting very creative. And, you know, I always tell people to really learn how to bend neon because there's a lot of people that are just wanting to just pursue this as an art and um, meaning they don't really ever think they need to know how to bend to a pattern. But if you really want to survive and be able to make a sign for a friend that wants to, you know, open up a tattoo shop and wants you to do his logo, you know, it would be nice if you knew how to do it, you know, because if you're just going to make art and put it in galleries and shows, it's going to be a tough road. You you know, you're going to have to have a day job of some sort. So to be able to have a day job that is neon and then get to make neon art, you're always in it, you know, um, you know, like I have somebody right now that wants to learn neon and she's working in within the company, but her main thing is to learn neon and she's learning so much other stuff in my company that I have to keep reminding her, get in the fires, like, you know, punch out, get in the fires, uh, you know, and I, like, I, I said, like you too. have to like decide, you. do you want to be a bender or do you want to, what do you want to do? You complain that you weren't getting enough fire time. Well, get in the fires. Let's see if you really like standing in those fires eight hours a day, you know, like, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to sort of choose your path. What do you want to be? Do you want to be the designer? Do you want to, do you want to be the one bending the neon? Do you just want to be the one that's wiring the neon? I, you know, there's so many, like in my company, I have, one, two, three, four different departments and they don't cross over. Like I have the design end of it where all you do is make neon patterns and work with the clients on what they want to do. And that's all they do. Those people don't go in and bend neon. They have to understand how it works. And then you have, you know, I have vendors that that's all they do. They take the patterns we make and they bend the neon. And then I have the guys out in the shop that take the neon and, you know, make the metal backings or whatever the backings are. And then I have the people that wire it. And then I have people that weld and different people that use the CNC machine. So there's so many different avenues, you know, that you can go into. It doesn't just have to be neon, really. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's up to what people feel is their strongest, you know, like for me, I knew, that standing in a hot fire all day long was not going to be something I wanted to do. You know, I was, I was just better dealing with the clients and, and designing and coming up with ideas and, you know, being a director with getting the projects done. I sort of knew early on where my passion fell. Um, and, you know, I bent very little neon. I mean, it's not like I'm a neon tube bender. I've never ever called myself that, you know, um, I can get in the fires and do it, but I, it's, it's just not something that, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't I make like you sick, advice. you know, I think, I think what yeah. you're saying, you tell you off, like this advice is universal. Like even if one person looks at it this way, at least it gives you a glimmer of hope concerning people's skills to attach themselves to something they're not used to doing. And it's a strategy to not only just connect with others, but it's actually what you need to do, or is it what you want to do? If it's, if you're saying you want to do this, then there's no better way to just to go do it. The only thing that I could really mention on that level is that, you know, hard work is just, is to build relationships, like the researching of the skills and the, like you said, there's kind of like different profiles within your organization and, I think about people a lot of times they don't give themselves those opportunities because they 
don't necessarily want to ask for them. But in reality, if you sit up and just do it, you might find out like you'd be stunned at just what happens. You know, nobody owes you anything, but at the same time, definitely go out and grab it. I mean, when I think about what your story means and the opportunities you've been able to get in front of, um, it just, I think it's a great teaching lesson for anyone who is just trying to mirror what's going out there. Because if you listen inside of that, there's a great way to, uh, there's just a good way to build companies, but also just to make great relationships. And I think that's where um, a lot of the excitement happens, you know, especially when you assist down the line and you get to like, you know, whether you bombard or you start doing the design work or you're doing layouts or whatever, whatever thing you find yeah. yourself doing, right? And the difference in between that yeah. is, you know, you are, uh, you know, remembering what it's like to deploy that, you know, that tactic and walking through the, uh, those scenarios. And I think it's great. You know, I think you can give in return too, like wherever someone can be helped. It's like, yeah, step in and be like, Hey, check this out, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I think the key is if somebody is really interested in getting involved with neon in, in whatever fashion, you know, like I said, cause there's so many different elements, um, is to, you know, find a good shop that's working in really fun, creative kind of stuff like us, or, you know, there's, uh, there's other companies that, you know, we don't do big signs. I mean, that's, you know, we're not known for that. That's not my, that's not my, my deal. So, you know, I, I feel like we're sort of a boutique house with neon and anything complicated and interesting and, you know, big selfie walls or, you know, big, big kind of explosions of light, you know, that's sort of where we fall into um, with the work that we do at, at, at my business. Um, I don't really find a lot of satisfaction, if any, to be honest with you, in doing signage for, um, you know, stores. I, I, I leave that to the crane guys and, you know, those people that want to have all those kind of guy guys and trucks and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's even another aspect of the business that's, you know, very interesting um, to pursue. Um, it's just something that I never pursued it. Um, and not, you know, not, yeah, I don't, I, it never even crossed my mind to to do that type of work. It just, I didn't think it would be fulfilling because, you know, most people are pretty strapped when they're opening up businesses and they're not wanting to be too creative on the sign, let alone do they have much money left, you know. Um, I think I just, you know, I'm in Hollywood and I always tell people, if you're not going to be involved in the industry, then why be here? Sort of, you know, it's, it's an expensive place to live and, you know, not the most gorgeous place to live. So, um, you know, and I'm just in the thick of it here and have been for many, many years. And, um, you know, like I said, I feel very lucky i mean it, it's not luck i know that you know i put a lot of hard work into it and still continue to put the work in and show up and invest back into the company um in various new pieces of equipment or whatever is going to make the the project or product better um i'm still constantly you know dropping things back into the company um and I think you just have to stay ahead of the curve and um, be willing to sacrifice, make sacrifices when, you know, when you're an entrepreneurial sort of business person, um, you, you can't take all the money as you're making it and, and, and spend it. You have to be smart about it. And I'm really glad 
that, you know, I did reinvest it because when I started, I literally had two cents to rub together. So um, it's not like I had money to start with. So, I think that's important know, too, like the idea that you had, and I wanted people to go back in time and, and, and really execute on those kind of first moments where you were just talking about is that, you know, there's kind of like this untrue ter- for, you know, fairy tale type effect where it's like people just think, you know, you've gotten to a place where it just happened. And I just want to make that really clear, like even really putting in the work and, and not only that, just to find new ways to do things. Like it's, it's really an yeah. exciting time. I think in the dramatic shift between you know, people are demonizing, oh, it worked too hard. There's just too many things. It's just not true. There's a great deal of people who are happy doing that. And if that's the debate, it's like, well, if that made you successful and you like it, then great. But if you want to shift and you run it, you know, it's, it's not great anymore, then yeah, there's a lot of other decisions that you can make. And so, I mean, I just want to throw that out there, but also like with, yeah, yeah, I mean, running large amounts of neon is tough. And I think, you know, I saw incredible snapshots of the, the shop at times, you know, there's a really fantastic like rental business that you have happening now. Um, but were you, were you always kind of imagining it being, uh, kind of both, uh, kind of a production and also rental on the side? Cause I love that model, that business model. Yeah. Um, well, it's always been, um, you know, slowly accumulating the rental aspect of it. And, um, just simply because why not, why do you need to buy a palm tree, you know, if you just want it for an event or uh, an opening or something or in the background of a film. So, because these people don't want to store that kind of stuff, nor do they want to pay the money to manufacture something like that. So that started, um, I think at the beginning of it, Knights of Neon, the rental end started at, you know, I would say early on. And I kind of created that because nobody was doing it. Now there's many offshoots of many competitors doing rentals in Neon. Um, But for, I would say the first 10 years, I was like the only one doing that. So I think that kind of was my bread and butter that helped me survive. Um, But constantly taking whatever money I made and then making another prop or another piece, um, you know, kind of reinvesting it into another sculpture of some sort in neon. Um, And then, you know, the custom fabrication was happening along, you know, at the same time. So you know, I was fabricating very big custom sets for, you know, the MTV world when that was going on. And television work is custom work and film work is all custom work for the most part. Um, they'll rent also, but a lot of it is is custom manufacturing. Um, so it's always been, uh, I would say, well, now it seems to be a little bit more custom than rental. It used to be like 50-50, but now it seems like we're we're really pumping out a lot of neon lately um, in the rental industry. And that may be just because there's several other people doing it, you know, so there's a lot more competition. So I think that that fell down a little bit, but the custom manufacturing certainly picked up. So, yeah, which I love, love, you know, yeah, I mean, anyone who wants to look at neon, I mean, it's just a great way to, uh, to supplement what's going on is just to have those connections and build neon specifically for them. You know, like the, uh, professional or just personal terms on, on what people are looking for. Like, you know, what's the alternative? You just, you know, you don't do anything, you know? So I like 
the the heavy kind of get started now type things where you know okay you might not want to do it right away but it shows that you've you know you're putting in uh you know great way to 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 just you know make work and and, and at the end of the day you know you can you know grab grab more skills and you know ask for more permission like the more you get along the way it's an easier uh read into what you like and what you don't like so um where uh you know anything you want to plug right now you're working on i mean i think i mentioned that earlier you got some confidential type things but uh i mean knights of neon just really incredible stuff um i'm really happy to have you on the show lisa uh if you you know want to find your work you can get on the website too is it knightsofneon.com yeah you can go to knightsofneon.com and or um i have my own personal with my art lisa schulte neonartist.com um, where you can see more of my personal sculptures that I create. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we're redoing the friend set. Um, I guess they're having a big reunion. So we're, we're redoing that whole set right now and um, stuff that I did in the early, you know, nineties, I think for them, um, you know, kind of recreating all of that. Um, yeah, and then this big thing I was working on for South by Southwest, I got canceled um, today because of the coronavirus um, scare. It was um, kind of a bummer, but, uh, Sorry, you man. know, I have, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, we should check back in. I mean, you know, I have that great billboard down at uh, the Grand Central Market that I did for Bullet Whiskey, which is was a project that was only supposed to be up for two months. And they had such a great uh, feedback from everybody enjoying it. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's like 17 by 40 feet and it's just got some really wonderful, fun, playful neon. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's, what's great about it. Neon has so many different personalities to it. You know, I can, I can, I could make you feel really happy. I could sort of take you down a dark alley. I could take you to a futuristic city. I, you know, it's light. And, you know, I, I, I think for the listeners out there that are just starting, you know, I think over the years, you just start developing an eye for what will look good in neon, because executing things in neon is expensive. Um, you know, and understanding colors and how they work with each other and um, what works with each other and what doesn't work. I mean, I see a lot of, I see a lot of bad work out there to be honest with you. And I, and I don't know if it's just that people aren't studying enough other than just neon, because there's a lot more about it. Um, you know, we're line artists, so you have to, you have to really envision what that piece is going to look like. Cause we start with a straight line and is, is that design going to work? You know, you have to become the expert to know what will read or will not read. Let's put it that way. And what colors, what colors go great together and, you know, understanding how you get your gases to splice in with different gas yeah, glass. I mean, there's so much scientific stuff that goes along with it too, that, you know, it, it's an, it takes a while to learn it. And I think to be patient um, and be hungry and, um, you know, certainly look at other people's work and, and study it. I mean, I know I did when I was starting, I mean, um, you know, it, they're, they're, it's such a magical, like I said, we're, you know, we're, we're bending light. Um, and that's, that, that's a pretty awesome thing. Awesome. Super motivational. And uh, thank you for reframing, you know, the narrative on, you know, neon entrepreneurship. I think, you know, it really gives us a lot of uh, uh, 
kicking the ass to go out there and make things happen. So I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, Lisa. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me and uh, keep it glowing over there with your podcast. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up and as always, thanks for listening.